Hello, hello, hello. This is your sister girl, Kevin Wenji, and I will be your host for the Free Spirit Lifestyle Podcast. Oh my goodness, saying that out loud has just given me the heebie-jeebies in the best way possible, by the way. Um, this is both scary and exciting. And um, if you have listened to the trailer, this is um, basically a podcast all about creating and sharing life-changing experiences. And I'd like our first episode to kind of be an extension of the trailer. And in the trailer, I was kind of telling you how I started off in my career um, very clueless, having no idea what to do, where to go, who to turn to, um, where to start. It was just very confusing. And I feel many of us have been there. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. It doesn't matter which industry you're in. I have a suspicious feeling that we've all been there. I'm currently recording this podcast in East Africa, Uganda specifically. And when I look back on, you know, starting my career in the fashion industry back then, which is 10 years ago, by the way, um, if I'm as so bold as to say we hardly had an industry and everybody that was playing was kind of making their own way, trying to figure it out, trying to, you know, hustle their way through. So looking back now, I can't really blame my experience on anybody other than everybody was really trying to do the best that they possibly could. So starting out in the fashion business, I remember, you know, applying to fashion houses, approaching certain fashion designers. And the question that I kept getting thrown back at me was, so you want to be a fashion designer? Duh, it was kind of obvious. And the next question was, um, if I hire you, how do I know that you're not going to steal my designs and go and start your own business? Now, just picture um, maybe a 20, a 20 year old a girl straight out of university, no experience. And mind you, at the university, I had done something completely different and actually done information technology. But when I came out of university, out of a class of a thousand people, the IT industry was also a non-existent in Uganda 10 years ago. So you can imagine 10,000 students. Wait, isn't that a bit of an exaggeration? I think we were 1,000. Yeah, not 10,000. Sorry, scratch that. We were actually a thousand students give or take but you can imagine a thousand students in the streets of Kampala and you know the IT industry was just in its infancy so there were not that many IT companies uh, many bigger organizations were were still a little bit skeptical 
when it came to technology and innovation. So people companies were pretty much still operating the old school way. Um, the only options that we actually had were the telecom companies because when I graduated, that's when the telecom companies had hit um, Uganda. And so we had, um, I think it was Orange, we had MTN, obviously, we had Airtel, we had, uh, I think U UTL had always been there. Um, there were about five telecom companies but imagine a thousand students still, they were not going to hire all of us. So that's to say, I obviously hit the streets and tried to look for work, um, any place that I could. And my first job was actually at a university, a private university where I was hired to be like the IT specialist. Um, helping with you know what it was 10 years ago i hardly even remember what i was doing all i know is that i was clueless beyond anything i could explain to you but somehow i i did that job for less than six months and in that time spending the whole day sitting behind a desk in front of a computer learning on the job and not even from anybody but for, for myself because I was basically the only IT person in the company. It was a very small company. Um, so I literally just had to figure things out. I had to, uh, looking back now, I'm surprised I even lasted a week. But I think my boss was, he kind of understood what the situation was and he was very patient with me. But at the same time, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a good working environment to say the least. And I found myself just having to quit. And after I quit, that's when my mom kind of gave me two options: either to go back to uni and do a, a completely different course, or to to do something that I was passionate about. And my mom knew that I'd always loved fashion. And she, she, she encouraged me to do a fashion course. And let's just say the rest is history because when, once I started um, doing fashion, once I started designing, once I started making clothes, once I just got into the industry, I just completely fell in love. And um, yeah, so th that was basically my beginning. And I was very, it, it wasn't the traditional, it wasn't a traditional fashion and design course that I did. I did a diploma at YWCA and I also remember going th going through the course six months in and I realized that as much as I loved fashion, this wasn't the best learning environment for me because it was very theoretical. Um, there wasn't much designing happening. There wasn't much 
uh, fashion learning happening. So um, I went on a quest to look for another school or a, a different a, a different school, a different form of training because I knew that I was wasting my time and my money. Um, luckily enough, my mom introduced me to a lady in her investment group that was a very talented fashion designer. She had done her fashion school in London and she was very, very, very good at what she did. So I had a discussion with uh, Miss Florence and she agreed to take me on as an, appre an apprentice. And this was st me still doing the course because she said I had to finish the course and have some sort of qualification, which was fine doing. But my main thing is that I wanted some hands-on training. I didn't want to, I'd already gone through the theory when I did my IT course. And that's why coming out of IT, an IT course, I was still not able to apply anything that I had learned because it was all theory and very, very little practical. So, um, yeah. It, so you can imagine, just imagine that journey. And I'm sure many of you can relate to this especially uh, the Ugandans. Our education system is really broken. I can't stress that enough, but okay, I feel like I've kind of gone on a tangent. But anyway, let, let's go back into the start uh, of my fashion career. So like I mentioned, it was very, very tricky. Um, I wasn't able to get a job in uh, under any of the fashion houses because like I said, there were more concerned about you know keeping their designs and their business under wraps under the house um they they were not willing to risk hiring a young upcoming designer to come and work under the fashion house um because of the fear that i would steal their designs and run away and start my own business which Honestly, looking back, if I was in the same position as they were, I would probably do the exact same thing because back then there was like a handful of fashion designers and the career wasn't even taken that seriously. Everybody saw fashion as either a hobby or they just didn't take it seriously. It wasn't a career path that anybody really respected so even the fashion designers at the time they really really had to fight for their their brands and their business and I looking back now I totally understand um, why the environment was the way it was but fast forward uh, maybe a year into joining the industry I met these two amazing ladies um, if you're Ugandan, you'll probably be fam familiar with his names. Miss Ketura Kamugasa, RIP. Um, she passed on a few years back. Rest in peace. But she gave me my break. She and her colleague, who later became my mentor, Miss Mrs. Paula Butajira, these two ladies basically launched my fashion career. 
um, I remember just, you know, I, I decided, you know what, nobody's going to hire me. I might as well just do this by myself. So, you know, obviously there are, there are more, so many, many details to this story, but I'll just skip for, <laughs> for the sake of keeping this short and sweet. So anyway, I just remember I came up with some sketches of my first collection and I went up to the New Vision headquarters. So New Vision is one of the largest, maybe the the, the main um, New Vision, I mean the, the main uh, news, print news company. Is that what it's called? Yeah, well, it's a newspaper, basically, uh, one of the main newspapers in Uganda. So I remember walking up to the New Vision to um, get an appointment with the editor-in-chief, who was Mrs. Ketira Kamugasa. And I don't remember if I got the meeting on my first visit or if I was given an appointment and I had to come back. I can't really remember. But I just remember she gave me an appointment and I went to see her and she was very nice. She was very welcoming. Uh, I showed her my sketches and she introduced me to her colleague who um, is Mrs. Paula Butajira. So I go meet Paula because Paula was, Mrs. Ketura was the editor-in-chief and Mrs. Paula Butajira was, I think she was also an editor, but she's, she's also a fashion designer. She was one of the, she is still, she was and still is one of the top fashion designers in Uganda. And um, I went to speak to mrs paula and she was so nice my goodness i don't know why i was so intimidated and so scared but she welcomed me she looked at my sketches uh, i remember her saying that my sketches were really really good and yet i had never taken an art class i just kind of i did my own version of sketches <laughs> Um, I think I, I always had a good understanding of the female body so I could I, I could trust I could I could draw something some sort of female shape um, in my opinion I don't think my sketches were that amazing and looking back now I think she was probably being kind to me uh, not wanting to bust my bubble but I just remember having a very good experience with these two ladies and I told them that I was going to create this collection and I wanted to put on a fashion show and that I wanted to invite them. And I remember asking Mrs. Paula to be my mentor and she was like, yeah, sure. She agreed to it and I was I was over the moon um, to put it very lightly. So anyway, I go about creating this collection and I printed out my invitations. I went to New Vision. I, I, I handed them over the invitations and they said that they were going to actually show up. Can you imagine? This is me very fresh 
out of, I think I just graduated from my diploma in fashion and design. And uh, this was my first collection. I was a nobody in the industry. No one knew my name. So I was, I was quite surprised. Like, I feel like everything happened perfectly, kind of fell in place. I don't even, I don't think I sat down to really take that moment in. It kind of just happened. And I'm so glad that I pushed myself to do this because honestly, I don't know how I got the balls to just up and do it because, yeah. Anyway, uh, fast forward, the day of the event comes. It was a total disaster, as you can imagine, um, because I kind of underestimated what it takes to put on a fashion show, you know, building uh, the runway, setting up the place, um, it was just a lot. And I remember having, I remember planning this fashion show in less than a month because I remember after graduating, I said, I'm going to just do this. I'm going to just start my career and I'm not wasting any more time. I'd already wasted three years in university doing a course that I really had no business doing, but so I kind of felt like I just had to do this and it didn't matter whether it was great or a total disaster. I was just willing to blindly walk into this, this journey, this, this new, yeah, this new path. So, um, luckily enough, I remember one of my cousins offering to do the setup and then I remember borrowing money to set up the stage um and then i also charged people for the for the tickets because i had a, a chef come in to prepare a meal because i didn't want people to just come and leave and i remember I, I really had no idea how to put on a fashion show in my mind i think it was kind of like a fashion show and a celebration and just a part on the back that i had actually gone through with it so i wanted it i wanted there to be food i wanted there to be music so i remember hiring a dj and let's just say all the money that um that came from the tickets went into paying everybody else uh paying the dj paying the chef uh paying back my friend who had i had borrowed money from to do the the stage Oh my God, it was just a lot. Looking back now, I am just like, wow, you actually, you have balls. You really do have balls. Anyway, um, I remember being very nervous. Not sure if uh, Mrs. Paula and Mrs. Katura would come because, like I said, I was a nobody. So when they actually showed up, they were actually the first the first guests to show up. So that was also nerve-wracking because back then, um, I think it was kind of a rule that if you put on an event, your guests are going to arrive maybe 30 minutes if you're lucky early, or I mean, they're, they're going to arrive 30 minutes late if you're early, if you're lucky and an hour if you are an hour late if you're just unlucky um i think i was both because i think by 
by the time the show started, many of the guests had actually arrived. And I also obviously want to acknowledge my parents because um, they lent me their home to have my fashion show at because I couldn't afford to to rent space at uh, like a hall or I just couldn't afford to pay for a space to do my fashion show. So I decided to do it at my parents' house and they were gracious and lovely enough to let me uh, do that. So yeah, the fashion show happened. Uh, I remember I, I had invited some press and another person that I must acknowledge um, kind of launching my fashion career is one of our top musicians. Um, he's called Navio. I'm sure most of the Ugandans that will listen to this are very familiar with him. He's a hip-hop artist. Um, personally, I feel like he's one of the most underrated hip-hop artists in East Africa because I think he is amazing. Um, I remember you know, going up to his his house and asking him, inviting him to the event. And he also graciously accepted to come. And I feel, I think at that point, he was at the height of his career. So I went expecting him to ask me to pay for his time or for his presence, but he didn't. He said he was going to show up. So that was also one of the things that I was mind blown about. And another person that I remember really being um, a catalyst and very significant at the start of my journey was a, a, another gentleman by the name of Daniel Sekamwa, who um, ended up being my manager. He, one of the pe few people that really, not few people, because I, I have a, a bunch of people that really believe in me and what I do. But he's one of those that really believed in me passionately. Let me just put it that way. He was always looking out for me, pushing me, uh, looking out for opportunities for me. He was just, he, he did the most. And uh, I think he was also, um, he was also working with uh, Navio, and um, he's actually, I think, one of the people that helped get Navi on board to come and support me. So those two guys, I, I must say, were very, very, very helpful at the start of my career. So, yeah, the fashion show happened uh, with Paul, Mrs. Paula and Mrs. Ketura, RIP, Navio. Those were my three guests of honor. And I remember after the event, I got this raving, amazing review in the, in the I think, style and fashion pages of the new vision. I think I got like a, a two-page spread just talking about this new upcoming designer that was you know, designing for the free spirit. And she, she likened my designs to the stuff that Mrs. Obama was wearing at the time. So very classic, very chic. Um, so I was, so I was just 
it, it was looking back now i think i i think i met the best of the situation back then other than you know giving up throwing in the towel or you know just going on a <laughs> on a smear campaign of all the designers that kind of slammed the door in my face i just decided to create my own journey i created i decided to create my own life changing experience and since then i've basically been sharing my journey and my experience with my well wishers you know those those people that support me the people that love my designs and um this being my 10th year in the business i felt it was the perfect time to kind of start to unpack what my journey has been the lessons i've learned the things i i could have done differently the things that i didn't see then but i see now and the whole purpose of me kind of unpacking this my journey is to be of of help and of service to any young creative any young designer any young business person because to be honest the journey is the same it's not that much different um as you know starting out in a career that you love because that's the key that's the magic starting a journey in something that you love because if i loved it i obviously would have continued and the journey would have had its challenges um i would have still had to look for mentors and people that would support me in launching my profession right um but seeing that i kind of changed path and went into the fashion business i did exactly what i would have done if i had stuck to it but the only difference is that an it career was not my calling that's i don't think at that time that's what i was meant to do so i changed my course and came on this journey and i've kind of made my own way because there was really no there wasn't any way to follow if i might say that and if i'm to say this um i know many people say uh, there are no regrets in life only experiences that you learn from but i actually have very many regrets and one of the things that i regret is that you know after the whole fashion show was done i never went back to mrs katura and mrs paula to kind of you know bring them on my journey include them in what i was doing after the launch of my career i think after thanking them for coming i felt like they had already done me such a huge favor i felt like i had no rights or i didn't feel i didn't have the balls after doing all the ballsy things that i did to go back and ask for more 
which I feel like was a big mistake because I'm very sure that they would have been very happy to help me on my journey. But I don't know why I felt like I had to take this burden upon myself and figure it out all by myself. I think one of the things is that because I was never good in school and I finally felt like I had found something that I was actually good at and that people had actually acknowledged that I was good at this. And many people actually saw that this was what I was meant to, to be, meant to do. Many people acknowledged that they saw this as my calling. And because of that, I felt like I had to prove them right. And I don't know why I felt like the only way to do that was to do it by myself. Um, because I had kind of failed at everything else. I'd always asked for help. I was always, you know, not able to succeed in, in school. So I think in my mind, in my young mind, I might, I might even say it was my ego. I felt like, okay, now that I, I, I have got this, I'm going to do it by myself. I'm going to do everything that I can do to succeed and I, I do not want anybody's help. And that's the one regret that I have, if I have one in life, that I did not go back and and seek all the assistance that I that was available to me. Because even now, the people that I looked up to then are the people that I still look up to now. And I can imagine my life, would, my journey would have been so much easier if I had just asked for help. So if you're to get anything from this first podcast, I'd want you to not feel like you have to go on whatever journey it is on your own. Find somebody that believes in you, that will hold your hand and make your journey much easier.